Welcome to TwoQuestions.tv. Mike Michalowicz is back, and we're talking about his new book, Clockwork. TwoQuestions.tv. Brief questions, deep knowledge. For executives, entrepreneurs, and small business owners. Welcome to TwoQuestions.tv. I'm Susan Barantini Mill. Joining me again today is Mike Michalowicz. He's a speaker, an author. He wrote the wonderful book, Profit First. He created the Profit First formula as a way for businesses to ensure profitability from their very next deposit forward. And now he's the author of this book, Clockwork, <laughs> Design Your Business to Run Itself. Hi, Mike. Welcome back to the show. Hi, Susan. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so happy to have an early copy of this, uncorrected and everything. <laughs> Yeah, there are errors in there. I'm actually making a shift now. Like one whole story is getting moved to a new spot, what? but it's it's pretty close. It's pretty close. Well, is it the first story because the really gut wrenching one? That, that's actually staying where it is. That's a tough oh, opening. Yeah, yeah, that it is. Staying. It's no joke. No joke. And I'll tell you, it it is it is. And see, this is how we get people. This is how we reel them in, right? <laughs> There's a yeah. gut wrenching familiar story at the very beginning of this book and and it is a story where i i felt it and i thought oh my gosh i know her i've been her yeah. and it's not literally but but i i know that pain and that fear and and in the book you talk about how entrepreneurs have become way too comfortable with the hardship so they keep doing the things that keep the we keep doing the things to keep us in that same state and i get that so how how do we end up at that point because i've heard people i've heard it said we get to this point gradually and then suddenly and Ooh, and grow. so i love it that's like a hemingway thing right so 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 how do we end up there and and how do we prevent that from happening well the decree to be a workaholic or the expectation of that of an entrepreneur mm -hmm. starts from day one. I mean, we, we have to, the business is fully and exclusively dependent upon us. So we have to do everything. Yeah. So there's no quite, we don't even question. We just start working like crazy. At a certain point it becomes the norm. And the, the funny thing is I've seen and experienced there's this, in my business. I'm like, I don't know if I can work any harder. I need to hire someone but I can't afford them. Yeah. If I can't afford them, that means the only way passes to work harder. So the, the expectation of myself is always to work harder until I get to this transition point. The thing is it'll never happen. We never get to that transition. So yeah. we just work harder and harder and harder and it becomes exhausting. Then we also start to think that this is the norm. That I guess this is what entrepreneurship is. It's work harder. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the sudden moment when we think, oh, I guess this is what entrepreneurship is about. And then we become exhausted. So it is required upon us in the beginning. It becomes such a habit that we become comfortable with that uncomfortable habit of working harder. And we don't know a way to break out of it. Right. So that's why I propose, you know, you talked about already the vacation. I propose a radical uh, implementation of a vacation specifically to give us that jolt. It's kind of like the, the shock when, when someone's in cardiac arrest, they apply that shock. To, to make a shift, we need a shocking event to happen. And that's why I suggest that strategy. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, and as we were talking before the interview, I told you, confessed, I have not taken a vacation in forever. Like I've taken a vacation, like for the last probably 15 years, every vacation I've taken, I've worked at least one full day. So I take yeah. one day out of the vacation and I work with my clients and I meet with everybody yeah. and you know, my family goes off and does their thing. When we were in England, we took the kids to an amusement park. I stayed in the B and B and wrote my book. 
Yeah. I'm yeah, constantly yeah. checking emails. And, and so you actually yeah. ask your reader to commit to a four week vacation sometime in the next 18 months. And when I read that, I was like, no, 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 four weeks? no I can't do that. That can't happen. But let's, so, so let's talk, how, how is that even a thing? I mean, I've seen other, others do it, but how do you get there? <laughs> yeah. So, so first I think we have to, we have to understand the significance of this. Like your family's welfare, I would argue is dependent upon this. Could you, could you imagine, I couldn't imagine my mother going on vacation with my family. Like we did once a year, my mother saying, I can't join you, you kids at the, the park. Like that would have been devastating to me as a child. Yeah. And I came to realize that's what I'm doing to my own children. We were yeah. going to the beach or whatever. And I'm, I'm physically there, but I'm not, I'm not there. When it comes to the vacation, what I found is that people elect to do a one week vacation. I found it very popular with entrepreneurs and myself included mm -hmm. to ramp and amplify the amount of work volume we're doing right up into and leading into the vacation yeah. with the hopes that we can extend, you know, that work will carry us over. If I can just work hard enough, I can step away for a week and I don't have to worry about anything. When I return, some work will pile up. Yeah. What I found is when we decree a two-week vacation, that's when we say, well, I can afford to spend, um, you know, a couple of days working here and there, which right. means every day that's we right. work. Every day we work. When it comes to a three-week vacation, no one ever declares a three-week vacation. It's oddball. So either you go on one week or two weeks, but no one declares a three-week. And four weeks, I found something fascinating happens. If I remove myself from my business for four weeks, literally my business will go through every event that a business typically goes through. Because four weeks is a month. Right. Billings will happen. A new client prospect may present itself. A client may get upset and, and threaten uh, not to pay a bill or worse. Um, services will have to be delivered. Products may be returned. Every element of our business is typically touched within a full month cycle. Right. By declaring a four-week vacation, what it requires instantly is a mind shift change saying, holy cap, crap, I am not around for my business to do any of the critical sustainable elements. I can't work hard enough leading up to it that I can bridge myself for four weeks. Right. So it's an extraordinary enough of a commitment that we have a mind shift. With that mind shift change, now we start looking at our business not as a employee within the business that works like an animal. Now we have to look at our business as a true chess master, moving the right pieces of the business in the right place to, to deliver a victory for ourselves. Right. The one other little tip is when we decree a four-week vacation, 18 months out, I think is the, is the appropriate time, maybe one year out, is we start doing tests. Mm -hmm. Take one week off. Uh, take two weeks off leading up to it to see if the business can actually sustain without our presence. Yeah. I myself, I'm going on a four week vacation. I am uh, six months away from it. Uh, from uh, December 7th to January 7th, I'm out. Um, and I'm preparing for it. I'm going on a week's vacation in two weeks uh, as my next test. Uh, and I've already gone on, on a two week vacation as a test. And did the business run perfectly? No. Did the business collapse and die? Not at all. What it <laughs> revealed was I found now some of the weak spots and I'm, I'm yeah. refixing that uh, through appropriate part-time hires and, um, and better systemization. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if we keep on going on for these one week vacations, we'll never improve our business because we'll try to bridge through it. We have to make an audacious commitment to make an audacious, audacious shift in our mindset. <laughs> no, you know, it's funny. Um, a part of this, and you talk about this in the, in the queen bee role, 
a part of this involves getting super intentional and focused on what you're really doing and what's the most important part of that. And that's something that I've actually been doing in my business in the last few weeks. And so this book came for me at a perfect time because I thought, okay, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to work this plan. This is a much, you know, very organized system for me to, I've been doing it just my own way, but yeah. this really allows me to do it in a very intentional focused way, which means you should look for an email from me soon. And <laughs> good, good. So yeah, I know I'm, I'm working, I'm working the plan, man. I want that month vacation. Now convincing my husband to do it is another matter, but, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so it's, you know, it's interesting that the, uh, if you have a business partner who's also a spouse, the dynamic is interesting. Yeah. We, oh. I, I am, we're guiding, I'm guiding a, a business through this right now. And the wife, who's the owner of the business is full in on for four weeks been preparing the husband who's an employee of the business cannot see it and so his response is he's actually working harder in the business and there's been uh a, we had a conference call with the employees and they said uh, i'll just say his first name is dave they said dave is is compromising our ability to be a successful business because he keeps on inserting himself um, and so it's become just an interesting dynamic um oh yeah yeah so so to get the buy-in from a partner spouse or not it, it can be difficult but yeah. they, they have to see like, like the reason we started the business is not for us to serve the business. It's so the business will serve us. Yeah. Like that's why we did this in the first place. So we have to get grounded back into why we are doing this. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Mike, where can people find you? Um, if you want to get hold of me, go to mikemichalowitz.com. Here's the beautiful thing. My last name is the most difficult name to spell on the planet. So there's a shortcut. It's MikeMotorbike.com. My nickname <laughs> in high school was Mike Motorbike. Uh, I never drove a motorcycle, by the way, so that's ironic. <laughs> but go to MikeMotorbike.com. Uh, you can get a free chapter download from Clockwork along with all my other books and tons of other free content there today. Awesome. Okay, Mike, thanks for joining me today. Would you Susan, like thanks to thanks so much for oh, having me. You can hear me now. Okay, we, we, we've got a weird connection today. Would you like to join me on the after show? I would love to. Oh, great. Okay. So viewers, if you would like to join Mike and me for the after show, come with us. We're going over to twoquestions.tv, which is the only place you can find the after show. So we'll see you over there. And in the meantime, here's the book. Yours will look a little different than mine. This is an uncorrected proof. So just ignore that part. But this is the book. Make sure you get your copy because this is indispensable reading for the entrepreneur. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. This has been twoquestions.tv. To subscribe to our YouTube channel, learn more about the show, the guests, and our host, Susan Barancini Mo, visit us at www.twoquestions.tv.